0: Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, it's so great to have you guys here this morning. There's no better place to be on Christmas than with his family. I was uh, meeting some of you and want to thank you for being with us. Those who are guests, uh, uh, we just appreciate the fact that you chose to spend this Christmas morning with us. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come back and continue to explore uh, God here at Springbrook and get to know our family better. Well, let's see. How many opened presents last night? Raise your hand. All right. Yeah, we opened presents for the first time in Harrison history last night. Because I was working this morning. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Uh, how many open presents this morning? Okay. Very good. All right. And how many still are going to open presents? I'm here still hoping to get more presents than you got. There we go. I'm here going to return presents on Monday. All right. Yeah. Well, it's a fun time of year. And uh, I got a great Christmas present. I picked it up myself. And, uh, you know, it's there about a month ago that I started seeking after the perfect I home. Uh, I told you about my iPod a couple weeks ago. And so I wanted an iHome that I could experience music with. I, I want to listen to more music. And so I was at Target on Black Friday, and I picked up this uh, Memorex, uh, 30 bucks, real deal. And I listened to it, and I said, oh, there's got to be more out there. There's got to be more power and, and sound. So I gave this to my wife for Christmas. Um, I gave her other stuff. Come on. All right. So then I upgraded to the Philips, and uh, I really liked the size of the Philips. It had a lot of better sound. Uh, it doesn't have a remote, though. That, that concerned me. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I liked it. It, it. Very small, but it just didn't have the power again. All right. And so finally, I, I, I settled upon the Logitech. Now, if you're going to buy an iHome, that's about $100. Bucks. Uh, this is the one you want to buy. I mean, this has the most bang uh, for... Uh, the Buck. And so I was, you know, comparing them all, you know, playing them for my family. And he said, well, Dad, ultimately, this is the best sound. My sons, of course, know this. And uh, I, I just want to, you know, let you know how this sounds. This is the one, this is the one Christmas song that, uh, I don't know, it, it ministers to me um, in a very special way about what this season is all about. Let me just play a little bit for you here. Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our
1: house Yeah,
0: all right. You can say there's no such thing as, as Santa. Santa. But as for me and Grandpa, we believe everybody now. She's been grinding too much eggnog. All right, I won't do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, you know, as I reflect upon my seeking after the perfect I home. The funny thing about it is I buy an, bought an I-home about like that three years ago. And then my oldest son took it. And that, now my youngest son has it. And so <laughs> I get an I-home again. That's <laughs> strange. But uh, you know, I probably say, I don't know, maybe ten hours doing that. Ten hours! And then I was thinking to myself, you know, how much time do I actually spend seeking after God? Get really excited about it, really devote my time to it. Not just coming to church and things like that, that's very important, but my own personal seeking after God as I go throughout the week. That's what I want to challenge you guys this morning with, is to seek after God, especially as we move toward New Year's and talking about new initiatives we want to have in our life. We had a great Christmas Eve service last night and the night before We had two adults. Is it warm in here? Okay. Have we turned down the heat, uh, Phil? Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit warm, and I see everybody waiting. (laughs) It's like a Southern Baptist church in the South, you know? It's kind of like, wait a second. Something's wrong here. It's a beautiful day out, but it's not that warm. All right. Well, keep fanning yourself. That's okay. We'll try to get the heat down. Uh, (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, so uh, we had uh, two adults uh, make a personal uh, decision to follow Christ as their Savior, and another adult make a decision. Earlier in the week, we had a teenager, an eight-year-old, a five-year-old. Isn't that wonderful, huh? Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And and we had a a prayer goal of seeing 52 people come to Christ this year, and I think we're at 54. So... uh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No doubt about that. But people come to Christ, and it's a wonderful thing. But what happens after that is even more critical. Because so many times just people live an average Christian life. They never really experience all that God has for them. And I think that the one thing that is missing... In so many people's lives, and we've talked a lot about it this year. I'm just repeating some of the things, and I'll continue to repeat them. It is a personal relationship with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus one-on-one on a daily basis. And uh, the psalmist says it so beautifully, Psalm 27, 8. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. We need to seek Jesus' face. The only way that's going to happen is that we need to, just like I sought after uh, the right eye home for me, I need to put the same time of energy and initiative and excitement after seeking after God on a daily basis. And we're going to unpack this a little bit. And we're going to look at the wise men. Kids are here today, so I thought I'd... Uh, give them um, a little bit of the Christmas story. Uh, Matthew 2.1 tells the story after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. So if we're going to seek God's face, we need to cultivate a seeker's mindset. A little bit about the Magi. Uh, they uh, were advisors to the king. They were kind of like the cabinet to the king. They chose Kings. Uh, they were in Persia. They were kind of the priestly class back in the, that day, like the Levites were uh, with the Israelites. And they were just men full of wisdom. And so they were very respected and honored, and they were students of everything. They especially loved astronomy, looking at the stars. And if you remember Daniel in the Old Testament, remember Daniel in the lion's den, he was a Magi. He was a wise man, and he's the one who introduced to them the truth that the Messiah was going to come someday. And that truth had been passed down hundreds and hundreds of years. And these magi were so concerned about what they knew, and they believed that this particular prophecy was going to come true, that when they saw this very unique, star, when they saw this very unique light, they said, this is the light that we've been waiting for. Now, what kind of light was it? Was it a comet, some people think? Was it the North Star? Was it, uh, I don't know, I believe that it was the Shekinah glory of God. Just the glory of God burning, burning in the night, announcing that Jesus Christ had been born. But you see, the important thing we need to remember here is that the wise men were looking for it. They were looking for it. We're going to see an illustration here of people who are not looking for it. And, and so, what we need to learn from this is that we need to go throughout our day looking for God in our lives. Looking for God in our lives. And one of the thing I, well the main thing I want to challenge you with you today in regards to seeking God, is a whole time of face time with God. Face time with Him. Spending time with Him. We've talked a lot about this. But I just really want to continue to drive this home. That if you're going to truly seek after God, you're going to have to spend time with Him. And I find that that is the most powerful way in my life to really seek Him out. To spend time with Him. To, again, have that daily office that, you know, 15, 20, half hour, whatever, or maybe have it several times a day, when you just get alone with God, and we'll talk about that a little later, but that's when you're looking for God. If you're checking in with God on several hours a day, maybe an hour a day, whatever, you're looking for Him. You're looking for Him in your life. You're acknowledging Him in your life. And so when He starts to show up, When he starts to answer prayers, you acknowledge it. So many of us go into our default mode and, you know, we have our Christian practices and things of that nature. But really being aware of Christ's presence on a daily basis is not something that we really focus upon. And so we're not looking for him. And the challenge is that we miss him so often. He's there and he wants to engage with us, but we're just too busy. And we don't realize the importance of uh, depending upon him for everything in our lives. So we need to cultivate a seeker's mindset. The second thing we need to do is we need to practice a seeker's sacrifice. Practice a seeker's sacrifice. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. There's a lot of misunderstandings about the wise men. Again, people think there were just three of them because there were three gifts, but that's not stated in Scripture. There probably were more than three. And the important thing to realize is that they were not nearby. (laughs) They were hundreds and hundreds of miles away. From Bethlehem. So it wasn't like that night that they saw the star. When everybody else saw the star, they could, you know, get on Air Persia and travel over uh, to Jerusalem. No, no, they had to travel long distance. And they were very, very important men. So they probably had an army with them uh, that went and protected them because travel was very dangerous. And the most important thing to realize is that they were not there the night that Jesus Christ was born and I know they're in your nativity scenes uh, and they're sold that way. But that's not what the Bible says. And those of you who have known me over the years, I mean, for 20 years, I have been on this campaign to get the wise men away from the nativity scenes because they were simply not there. The nativity movie, I was very disappointed, a beautiful movie. And they're the wise men. What are the wise men doing there? They weren't there. They're supposed to be Biblical. I just want to be honest with you, I've grown a little bit discouraged with my campaign. I really have. I, I didn't really even think about talking about it this year because I just don't know how much a difference it's making. Um, you can pray for me. Uh, you know, I, I was encouraged. Uh, Darren Johnson last night told me a, just a precious story to my heart that his son, Andrew, who's in college, he's grown up here at Springbrook, uh, he was in a bookstore over here on Randall Road, and uh, he saw the nativity scene that they were selling. And this young man, this young man, after years of training, went up to this nativity scene and moved the wise men in the store to farther down the shelf. (laughs) Then appropriately, he told the people who ran the store, I again corrected your nativity scene, and (sighs) I, I think I have to go to the youth now. I've worked with the adults, and obviously it's not working. So I need to start with the children, and maybe after I'm gone, this campaign will flourish. Maybe there's a champion, there, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old who will take on this after I pass on. so But the point is that they weren't there. All right? And please correct that when you go home. All right? Just for me, maybe send me an email and lift my spirits. But uh, yeah, so they came and they said, where is the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So here we don't know how long they've been traveling. We don't know how old Jesus Christ was. Uh, We know that they came to a house in Bethlehem, not a stable. So obviously it wasn't on the same night. And Herod, when he found out about this and he found out the night that they saw the star, He had all the baby boys killed under the age of two. So it could have been up to two years or less. And they had to prepare for their journey. It could have been six months. I don't know how long their journey took. But the fact is, is that they sacrificed tremendously. Here are very, very important men who invested at least a year, a year in seeking after God, putting everything else aside in their lives. And they said, we're going to go, and we're going to find this king, and we're going to worship him. That inspires me in regards to seeking God in my life and making sacrifices in my life, making him a priority. Well, it goes on here. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, uh, and all Jerusalem with him. Now, King Herod, he was really a (laughs) very evil man, and uh, he didn't want any other kings. Uh, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. That you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. The answer was right there. Herod brings the scribes together, the teachers, and they say, well, yeah, it's right here. Bethlehem is the place. Why weren't they looking? Why weren't they studying the skies? Why weren't they anticipating the fact that the Messiah was going to come? It was there in black and white. They're just like, oh, of course, it's Bethlehem. What are you talking about? Every kid knows that. But they weren't looking for God. And we can fall into that pattern in our lives, right? We're just going day by day trying to survive. When God is there saying, I want to help you. <laughs> I want you to live uh, I want you to live for me. I want to live through you. And and we just think we got things figured out even though our lives are a mess. And we just got to stop and make time for Him and and acknowledge Him several times a day. And say, God, I need you. We need to sacrifice that time. We need to say, Lord, this is this is really important. I know I got a thousand other things to do. But friends, the most important thing that you do on a daily basis is get alone by yourself. Read this book, this love letter from God, and communicate with Him. And if you're not doing that, that's one of the reasons why you're tired. That's one of the reasons why you're frustrated. That's one of the reasons why you're just not feeling like you have it together. Now, it's not like if you do that, your life is going to come up roses. But I tell you what, It makes all the difference in the world when you're walking with Jesus. Well, we move on here. Uh, Verse 7, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. That's why he decided to kill all the baby boys under the age of two. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Yeah, right. Go and kill him. Uh, So what happened later was is that uh, they found out in a dream that Herod had bad intentions, so they didn't go back to Herod. Uh, Matthew 2 9. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. It's interesting. So you have this star. And then a year or so later, it appears again. And that's why I believe it was the Shekinah glory, because it actually came right over the house where the Christ child was. Now, if it was a real star, it would torch the place. (laughs) You don't want that. (laughs) So That's why I believe it was the Shekinah glory of God, guiding the wise men to the house. The third thing we want to look at is we need to give a seeker's gift. To give a seeker's gift. Matthew 2.11 On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Again, Mary and Joseph had this child. And he was the son of God. He was God himself. And not many people knew it. the shepherds knew it, uh, but really they were just all alone. And so they're just raising this child and the mystery of it all. And all of a sudden these uh, people show up royalty, I mean, a contingent, a large army, I think. Maybe a hundred people showed up in Bethlehem and this doesn't happen in Bethlehem. And and they go into the house. And Bethlehem had never seen people like this before. The way they were dressed and uh, the entourage. And this was something else. And then these men, these men, they bow down at the feet of this one year old. Just think what that must have meant to Mary and Joseph. Life is not easy for anybody, and it certainly wasn't easy for them. They, you know, were outcasts in a sense from their family and people they loved, thinking that, you know, it was somebody else's child, and there's a lot of shame involved in that back in that day. And they weren't getting a lot of encouragement being the parents of Jesus Christ. But all of a sudden, God sends us encouragement. You ever had that experience when you're just. And moving through life and you're trying to be obedient, but there doesn't seem to be much encouragement. Uh, you're kind of wondering, I'm working so hard. Then all of a sudden, God sends a person in your life. God sends a message in your life. God sends a book in your life, whatever it is. And it's just a sign that God says, I know it's really hard what you're going through. I know that This is a very difficult time in your life, but I'm just sending this message to you saying I'm so proud of you and the way you're handling this and processing through this and and keeping me at the center of your life. And I think that's what happened with Mary and Joseph at this particular point. So here they come and they bow down. Why would they bow down? Because he was a king. They believed that he was the king of the Jews and they bowed down to him. And then they gave him presents, very, very expensive presents. They gave him gold. Now, we don't know how much gold they gave him, but I think it was a lot of gold. And gold was uh, representative of kings. You know, Solomon, outfitting the temple in his house, gold everywhere. So that represented kings back in those days. And they believed that he was the king, and many people believe that Mary and Joseph used those resources to flee to Egypt when, of course, Herod was killing all uh, the male children. And uh, so God provided for them in that way. And then they gave frankincense and frankincense was a very, very costly perfume. And that was always at the temple, that that particular incense of frankincense uh, was always burning and. So it represented God because Jesus Christ was the God man. So it represented the fact that he was God. Again, we don't know how much the Magi understood about what they were doing. They knew we knew that he was a king of the Jews and how much they attached that to the Messiah. I think they probably did, but uh, we don't see that here. Uh, So they brought him frankincense. Representing the fact that he was God. And then they brought him myrrh. They brought him myrrh. And myrrh was another very costly perfume that was, again, taken out of a very small tree in Arabia. And they would just, again, take the, the juice out of the tree and, and therefore it was very expensive. But many times they covered uh, bodies Uh, that were to be buried uh, with myrrh. So myrrh represented the fact that Jesus Christ was man and that he would die. And again, these these men were very wealthy. So they gave a lot of resources to Mary and Joseph. Uh, They sacrificed. They gave gifts to them. Now, we've been thinking a lot about gifts lately. Haven't we? And the question we always need to ask is, what kind of gift are we giving God this Christmas? And as I've challenged our family in the last several weeks, we need to give God face time. Face time. God wants that more than anything. He wants time with you. He wants You to acknowledge him in his life. He wants you to depend upon him. He wants you to recognize him as the whole reason that you you live. And the only way you can do that is by spending time with the Lord. And it's got to be face time, face to face. I think about my relationship with Lori, my wife. And what if I never talked to her, but I just sent her reports? <laughs> this is what happened today. You know, these are things you should be concerned about, and that kind of thing. And I'd rather not uh, spend time talking to you. Uh, I have other things. To... <laughs> what kind of relationship would that be, right? Well, we need to spend time with God, face to face, and that's the same way I cultivate my marriage is spending time with my wonderful wife or my kids. You got to spend time with God, and. Again, this is one thing we're really focusing in on as a church because I think it's been a weakness in regards to how we've again taught people how to do the Christian life that we haven't put enough emphasis on this, is that you really need to experience God firsthand. And it's scary because you don't know what to do and that's what we're seeking to help people, to give them ideas on how to to spend time. With God. John four twenty three, Jesus Christ is talking to the woman at the well, and they're talking about where the proper place for worship is, where they worshiped as Israelites and where she worshipped as a Samaritan. And Jesus Christ said, Hey, the main point is yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are kind of the worshipers the Father seeks. Now I that your Uh, That verse just kind of jumps out at me because I'm saying, hey, I want to be a worshiper that God is excited about. I want to be a worshiper that pleases God. So I want to worship him in spirit and in truth. And the idea of truth is knowing this book, basing my life upon the revelation of God in this book and the truths that he has given me. And I think that we do a pretty good job of this in the evangelical world. We've got more resources More teaching, more books, more podcasts on the Bible than any other time in history. People are learning about the Word. But, of course, we need to continue to learn about it. But when we talk about spiritual depth in life, I think a lot of people think that the more I know this book, the more spiritually deep I am. So the more I know, I just want more and more information. I want to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, again, that's positive, but they're they're, they're out of balance because he says you need to worship in spirit and truth and spirit speaks of our emotional lives. It speaks of our emotional connection with God. And we talked about this in our series, Emotional Healthy Spirituality, that many times in our emotional lives we're unhealthy and we haven't allowed God to come in and clean house and heal our wounds and things of that nature that we can't truly connect with God. And that's what I want to really encourage all of us to do and continue to do as we spend time with God It is emotionally connect with them. And for some for women, it's easier, obviously, they're more, more emotionally centered uh, for men, it's a little more challenging. But that's a part of experiencing God, being aware of your emotions and communicating to them and experiencing the love of God. Some of you are so hard on yourselves. You give no grace to yourself. You're just living under a bunch of rules. That's not the way God intended it. He wants you to experience the love of God, His love. And He wants you to experience His forgiveness and His grace. And He wants you to know that He's a safe person. Again, Psalm 27 8, My heart says of you, Seek His face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. That's a verse you just need to memorize. Seek His face. Spend face time with Him. Matthew 7, 8, we read a promise. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. If you really say, I'm going to get serious in the next year, and the next month about seeking after God, spending time with Him, He is going to deliver. Now, I was very serious about looking for an eye home, but... God didn't necessarily promise that I'd get the one that I really wanted. I mean, God, you know, I can pray and God can help me out with that stuff. But whatever. I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is this is the key to life is seeking after God. And and the promise is, is that if you do it, he's going to deliver. So let's talk about FaceTime with God. FaceTime with God. What are the basics of FaceTime with God? Well, When you get along with God, what we talked about during the the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series is the daily office. The idea of spending at least, you know, 15 minutes in the morning with God. And then maybe another time during the day, spending another 15 minutes or really however you want to mix it up. The important thing is you're working and getting to know God better by praying to God. Uh, And some people are just clueless about prayer. And I understand that. It's very difficult to pray. It's a very foreign type of thing. So if if you're like that, what I, I would encourage you to do is just go to God and tell Him about your day. Just start out that way. You say, well, what, a special language? No, just, just say, God, you know, it's Christmas today and uh, the kids got me up really early. And I can understand their motivation, but I'm tired. <laughs> you know? Just tell Him about your day. Oh, God's not interested in that. He's got too much to do. No, He wants to... He, wants, he knows everything about you anyway, but He wants you to tell Him. That's how you cultivate a relationship. And then you absorb God's Word. You read God's Word. We're good at that. But meditation, many times for a week, taking a verse and just thinking about it for, for five minutes, ten minutes, memorizing God's Word. And then listening to God. I had a woman call me a couple weeks ago, a very godly woman, and she said, Dan, I've been trying this listening to God. I go into my bedroom Fifteen minutes, I just sit there listening, and it's not working. Well, hey, listening with God is one of the most challenging things you can do in life. So I encourage you: well, just pray and read God's Word and and seek to listen to Him as you meditate and things like that. And then as you advance, you can spend more time just listening to Him. So those are really the fundamentals there. This is an acronym that I came up with, and uh, it's still in process uh, about the daily office. First of all, you acknowledge Jesus. So if I'm going through my day, sometimes uh, on some days I'm experimenting with I just check in with God five minutes. I got my alarm on my uh, uh, watch; it goes off, and at the bottom half of the hour it goes off. I stop what I'm doing, and I just spend five minutes with God. I meditate on a verse. I might pray to Him. I might just be quiet before Him, whatever. But, But what I do is I acknowledge I acknowledge Jesus that yes, Jesus. You're a part of my life. I want you to be the center of my life. I pray that you, you'd fill me with your power. I pray you'd live through me. I, I pray that you would help just continue to heal my mind and my heart. And I, or I, I just might unload on them. Lord, I am just so stressed. I mean, this past week, with all the different responsibilities that come with Christmas, I was just like off the charts sometimes. You know? <laughs> I said, OK, got to stop. And you know, after three minutes, I, my heart was still... You know, going strong because of the deadlines and all that kind of stuff. And, but, it, but it helped, even though I didn't feel it at that point. I just checked in with him and say, Lord, I got this deadline. I got to do this job. But you, you just say he's here. He's here. Be listening to Jesus. Center on Jesus. You always come back to the center. Depend on Jesus. That, that's that's where I live. You know, I, I'm training myself coming to him and saying, Lord, I've got this issue going on. And so every time I go into one of these times. I just, I just take a second and say, Lord, this is what's going on in my life. Okay? Can you, can you help me here? I, I want to depend upon you. I, I want you to be a part of my life here. And, and the more often I do that during the day, the more often I'm walking and and experiencing his power and seeing him uh, deliver. I mean, even this message. Uh, I prayed, Lord, you know, I, I didn't have the prep time I really needed. And, and, and I can feel, uh, and you can evaluate whatever you want, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, God has given to me more than I really have here. <laughs> OK, I mean, he's inspired me and helped me uh, in regards to teaching. That's just a current example. I just said, Lord, you know, I, I because of this week and the nature of everything going on, didn't have the prep time. But Lord, would you please just speak through me? And I sense that in some way that, that, that he's doing that. That's just the most current example I can think of. OK, uh, and, and, and I, yeah, whatever. I won't go any further. Than that, But uh, experience Jesus. We talked about that feeling communication to Jesus. OK, I'm working on it. OK, G- give me a break. All right. Uh, <laughs> what I wanted to communicate there is communicate your feelings. That, that, that's the most that's the quickest way to connect with anybody and especially with God is tell them how you're feeling. Tell them about your emotions. And some of us, you know, we've got to figure it out first. I'll say, Lord, I have no idea what I'm feeling. Could you uh, give me a clue? Uh, But again, that cultivates intimacy with God. When you say, God, I'm tired, God, I'm excited, God, whatever it is, communicate your feelings to God. A wonderful promise we'll close with here, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Isn't God awesome? You know, he says, hey, listen, if you put me at the center, if you continue to acknowledge and submit to me, if you spend face time with me, I'm going to take care of the other issues in your life. So seek God. Seek God. Spend face time with him on the bottom of your message notes there. Right out of plan. You know, what are you going to do to spend more time with Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for the time you've given us. I want to thank you for uh, helping me this morning, as you always do. And, uh, Lord, I pray for my friends here, that they would uh, sense your presence more and more. In Christ's name, amen. Well, we were glad you are with us this morning. We hope you had a Merry Christmas. We've come together this morning to celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're glad that you were able to share in this day um, with us. My name is uh, Richard Willard. I'm the associate pastor here.